Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our worship service, also from my side. Those of you who are visiting us, my name is Jonathan. It's a great privilege for me to, together with a group of elders, lead this congregation. And what a privilege it is this morning to be back at church, be back um, as a spiritual family. As, a, as we were just worshiping together, there was a moment where I just thought, I missed this. There's something significant and powerful when we gather. And we gather for something greater than ourselves. We gather not just to receive, but to give. And this morning as we gather, I pray that you would not just receive something, but that you will experience something that God wants to do in your life. That this morning would not just be another worship service, another church service that you attend, but that this morning will be a, a, almost like a starting block for what God wants to do in your life this year. Uh, I hope all of you had a great holiday, rested well, get the privilege of spending time with family, at the privilege of, of just resting and, and being um, with friends and family, using the time. And may this be a blessed year for us, a year where we experience God moving amongst us and where we see the grace of God go ahead. May this be a church for us, as in, a, a year for us as individuals and as a church where we see growth, spiritual growth. But maybe it also be a year where we see a growth in purpose, where we see God working through us, where we see how people's lives change because of what God is doing in our lives. Maybe a year where we get to know God more intimately than ever before. I don't know about you, but I'm excited for this year. <laughs> Even if it's just because the last two years <laughs> was really tough. But... As, as you look forward to this year, what comes to mind? If you look forward to 2022, what comes to mind? Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're thinking, new year, new opportunities. Every time, this time of the year, there's this sense of a new start, a new beginning, a, a new opportunity, an opportunity for change. That's why there's New Year's resolutions. It's not new week resolutions or mid-year resolutions. It's new. It's, it's almost like the sense there's something new this year. And, and for some of you, this might excite you. And you're looking forward, forward to this year. Some of you already know what are some of the things that's lying ahead for you this year. Maybe you're celebrating your, your 40th birthday and you're embracing age with pleasure and gusto. And you're looking forward to that. Maybe some of you know there's this great trip planned for this year. There's, there's significant things happening in your work, in your family. And, and you're excited. You're looking forward to this year. You're almost wishing we're halfway there. Maybe some of you are just like... Um, Full of hope for this year. I joked about it, but surely this year will be better than the last two years. And there's this optimistic hope that things are going to be changed, that things are going to be better. But maybe some of you are sitting here this morning and you're nervous and uncertain about this year. You're not sure what this year lies. Uh, has in store for you. 
Maybe some of you are sitting here, and, and like some of us know of great things that lies ahead, some of you are anxious because you know of some challenges that lies ahead. It's not a surprise. It's things that you know you're going to face this year. It makes you anxious, uncertain. And maybe some of us are sitting here, and if you think about this year that lies ahead, you have like no feeling at all. There's not an excitement, there's not an uncertainty, there's not an anxiousness. You're just going through the motions of life. If you think about the year that lies ahead, what comes to mind? What happens in your heart? If you're here with somebody, don't you quickly want to share with them what comes to mind when you think about this year? If you're on your own, just write it down somewhere. What comes to mind when you think about this year? So just keep that feeling or thought in mind. I, w- I want to share a little bit from um, our holiday um, with you guys as an intro to what I feel we're going to speak about this morning. Um, we had the privilege, or we were fortunate enough that we could spend some time with friends. Um, they believe God has placed them in Somerset West. I don't believe God. That's a word of God. I think they just chose it because it's a beautiful place. Um, but it's good friend of our, friends of ours, and we stayed a couple of days with them. And uh, one day, specifically, they took us to one of their favorite spots. And they took us on a hiking trail. It's uh, one of the lesser-known areas in that region. And we as a family, together with them, went on this hiking trail. And it's really it's, it's such a beautiful um, trail. It's such a beautiful setting. Um, what makes this significant, you don't hike up the mountain, you hike along the foot of the mountain. And as you're hiking this trail, there's this majestic mountain on the one side while you're facing the ocean on the other. And as you're walking there, you cannot help but feel significantly small in view of the mountain and the ocean. Such a great experience, such a moment for us as friends and as a family. But I don't know about you, but sometimes the greatest settings just don't live up to our expectations. Because we started out great and we're all in awe of this. But it's one of those rare occasions where the wind is not blowing in the Cape. And it's close to 40 degrees that day. So we're hiking along the mountain, and the majesty and the majestic atmosphere lasted only for a couple of kilometers until one of our children went, Oh, far, we must we go. I'm going to die. I'm not going to mention which one, but it is the one that has the most drama in their life. <laughs> we didn't pack enough water. This, this is the worst hike ever. Ah! You just lose in that moment. You forget about the mountain. You forget about the ocean. You're like, how far we still have to go? It's just... (sighs) And in that moment, I realized the other significant thing about this mountain, that there's an area that's completely facing the sun. And there are certain areas, just because of how the mountain's shaped, it's completely in the shadow. And as I'm listening to this child of mine struggling, worst day of their life, 
I'm thinking to myself, there's a significant difference hiking in the shadow of the mountain and facing the sun. This moment will be significantly different if we're on the shadow side of the mountain. And I start to pray and I think about 2022. And, and now our group is like winding out and very strategically I, I waited for my friend to take all the kids with him. <laughs> and Lindry and her friend just, they're lacking behind. And I'm stuck here in the middle on my own. And I thought this is a great opportunity. And I'm just thinking, God, 2022, what lies ahead for me? What lies ahead for this church? What, what's, what's, what do we need to prepare for? What, what are the things that I'm excited about? What are some of the things that I'm expecting for myself, for this church? What are some of the things that I'm nervous about, that I'm anxious about? And as I'm thinking and praying and strategically walking slower, a certain scripture comes to mind. Psalm 91 verse 1. I don't know if you know this psalm. But Psalm 91 verse 1 says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And as I'm walking here in this mountain, facing the shadow side of the mountain, this scripture comes to mind. And I feel as if God is saying, and I feel that's what God is saying to us this morning. Regardless of what happens in 2022, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Regardless of what you're going to face, the good things and the bad things, the challenges, the highs, the lows, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And there's a spiritual principle that we can take from this moment, from this scripture. See, the context of the psalm, the psalmist says, if you go and read the whole psalm, the psalmist says that he has found that if you seek God's presence first, God provides rest. God provides rest from the onslaughts of life, rest from your enemies, or in, this, in the psalmist's case, his enemies, rest from his concerns, and rest from his fears. See, what this psalm does not say is that if you dwell in the presence of God, then you will not face difficulties. You will not face challenges. You will not go through harsh circumstances and the onslaughts of life. What this psalm does say, he who dwells in the presence of the Almighty God, the Most High, he will experience the provision of God, the rest of God, to go through those circumstances. If we seek God first, He will provide everything we need to go through all circumstances. This reminds me of Jesus' words to His disciples and to a group of people in Matthew 6, where Jesus says to them, Matthew 6, verse 31 to 33, He says, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things 
will be given to you as well. It's a principle here. If we seek God first, if we dwell in His presence, He will provide everything that we need to go through all circumstances. So a better question this morning is not so much, how do you feel about this year? What excites you about you? What do you sense? What do you think about this year? A better question would be, how do you dwell in the presence of the Most High going into this year? If you're going to gear yourself for this year, the highs and the lows, how are you preparing yourself to seek God first? How are you preparing? What does it mean to dwell in the presence of the Almighty God? See, if we look at Jesus' words where He says, seek first. If you just think about this idea of seeking, seeking implies that there needs to be an action. And that's a really simple principle, but if you've lost something, if you're in search of something, you don't just stumble by accident upon it. You go. There needs to be an intentionality, a deliberateness behind your action. It requires an intentional and active decision. It requires something from your side. What does it mean to dwell? As I was just pondering the scripture and thinking about this morning, thinking about what does it mean to dwell, I was reminded of a season in our lives. Um, I was in student ministry. When I got into ministry, I was in student ministry, in campus ministry. And we had students in our home uh, at least once a week, sometimes twice, sometimes three times a week. But there was Monday nights was sort of a specific occasion where a specific group of students came to our, our home. Now, they would pitch at 7.30, because 7 o'clock would be just too early for them. They would pitch at 7.30, and then eventually when we got to do what we had to do, it was closer to 9 o'clock. Uh, and then 9 o'clock we would have our meeting or our gathering, and when that, that is done, by that time, Lindy would have already gone to bed. She would literally go, okay, guys, thank you, cheers, enjoy your time. Uh, just close the door. There was literally one evening where she said, just make sure the door's closed when you leave. Um, but then, around about 10.30 in the evening, on a Monday night, we would be done with our gathering. But the students won't leave. There's always a new story, a new question. A new moment, another pot of coffee, uh, another something, another something they want to show us. On the t- there's the whole time there's something else. And then they quickly just want to go to the bathroom. And, 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 and on many, many, many occasions, there was this great season of my life. But on many occasions, they would leave past midnight. You know that last two hours and hours what they were doing? Dwelling. They were just there. They just wanted to be in a normal home. Or semi-normal. I think we were normal. <laughs> but they just wanted to be away from the hostel, away from campus, away from the life, the student life. And they just wanted to be there. They were dwelling in our home. If we dwell in the presence of God, it means we need to be 
in the presence of God. So often we seek God for the doing part of life. God, what do I need to do? What do I have to have? What, what? But how often do we just be with God? We dwell in His presence. If you think about this idea of dwelling in the shelter of the Most High, seeking God first, it implies that there needs to be a deliberate decision on our side to stop and slow down and spend time in God's presence. That's how you dwell in the shelter of the Most High. See, we run the danger that our lives become so busy that we run from one moment to the next moment, from the one uh, requirement, the one thing that's screaming for our attention to the next thing, and we're just running through life. Some of you, when I thought, when I asked the question, what do you think about 2022, there was a thought, I can't believe it's 2022. Where's time gone? And we're rushing from one thing to the next thing, and we're just doing, 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 and we've lost the art of being human beings. Being with God. And I believe this morning is not just a challenge for us, an invitation for us to dwell in the shelter of the Most High so that we may experience the provision of God. I believe it's a prophetic word for us as a church. This is a season where God is calling us into to rest in His presence. To rest from the toil of this world. To rest from the the dangers or the, uh, the things that's screaming for our attention. To rest from the things that's making us fearful. But it requires us to slow down and intentionally prioritize to turn to God. Spend time in His presence. And I know this is a churchy part of of this sermon. But nothing can replace time in His Word. Nothing can replace time in prayer. Nothing can replace time in spiritual family. We need to be in His Word. We need to be in His prayer. But we need to be in relationship with other people that loves Jesus and encourages us and helps us to love Him in the same way. We need to spend time with spiritual family. You need to have people in your life that knows who you are. You need to be committed to that relationship. You need to spend time in corporate worship. This, this power in gathering as a church the way we're doing this morning, singing together, worshiping together, spending time in God's Word together, we have to commit, intentionally decide to prioritize those moments, to be in His presence. But I'm sure you would agree, if we just stay in His presence, we're not really living. If you're just the whole time, just in the Bible, just in prayer, and I know it's going to sound very controversial what I'm saying now, and, and just involved with church stuff, you're missing out on a big gift that God has given us, and that gift's called life. See, God leads us from His presence to live from His presence his purposes in this world. Um, Dries, can I quickly use you now that your cast is off? Uh, 
So Dries, it's going to just stay in my shadow. Now, I know it's difficult to see my shadow now, but this is the one moment that I want you to be in my shadow. Okay. So just, you, you need to stay. Come on, man. You're messing up the sermon. Okay. Just, just stay. Okay. So when life happens, we tend to get stuck in certain positions. But whom of you know that God is not passive? God is not stuck and God is on the move. So if we're in the presence of God with the intention that I'm going to stay in the shadow of God, I need to move with God. And God moves and He leads us into His will and into His purpose in this world. See, if we stay in the shadow of God, not only do we experience the provision of God, but we get to experience God's will because God leads us to the places where He's working to the places where He's called us to, to the places where He wants us to, to represent Him in this world. And as He leads us in His will, we discover His purpose for our lives. Thanks, Tris. I'm not sure if that was for me or for Dries, but I think it was for Dries. Thanks, Dries. See, be... Being in the presence of God is not just about experiencing God's provision to go through everything. It is to experience God's will and His purpose for your life. It's not just going to happen. It requires us to live from His presence. And if we go back to Psalm 91, something significant changes in verse 2. It says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High, he will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. Something changes from verse 1 to verse 2. In verse 1, it is whoever, anybody who dwells in the presence of the Lord. But in verse 2, it's become personal. I've experienced the shelter of the Most High and the rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And the psalmist says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. See, being in the presence of God, nobody can do it for you. Nobody can um, force you to do it. It's a personal decision. People can encourage you. Moments like this can hopefully encourage you. But it's a personal, intentional action that you have to decide to take. And as you do that, this far-off God, the Most High, becomes a personal God. And you say for yourself, you're my Lord, my refuge, and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. That's what it looks like to live from the presence of God. It becomes personal and you say, you're my Lord. What does it mean when we say, you're my Lord, you're my God? In saying those words, you're saying, you are worthy to receive my life. You are worthy that I will give you all that I can. Because you're God and I'm not, I'm going to submit my life to your will. 
Submission means to align under a mission. So I say, God, if you're my God, my mission is, become, is going to become you. Your mission is going to become my mission. I'm going to submit, align my life under your mission. To say, you're my God, is to say, I serve you. I want to please you. And I worship you. To say, you're my Lord, says, I'll walk in obedience to you. So from the presence of God, we move to a place where it becomes personal. We say, you're my God. I submit, I follow, I obey, and I worship. Because it's about you and it's not about me. Then we discover the purposes and the will of God for our lives. He goes on to say, in whom I trust. So ultimately, this message this morning says that we go into this year not trusting ourselves, our own skills, our own circumstances, our finances, people around us. We put our trust in God. And we say, God, regardless of what we go through, I'm dependent on you. And what makes this piece of scripture, Psalm 91, so significant this is one of the scriptures that the devil used to tempt Jesus with in the desert. The devil came to Jesus and he said, and you can read this for yourself in Matthew 4. And he quotes from Psalm 91. Think of Psalm 91.11. The whole 91, Psalm 91 is about God providing protection for those who trust in him. And, and the devil quotes scripture to Jesus and what he challenged Jesus on is, will you trust God to protect you? Will you trust God? This is significant for us because if Jesus was tempted to trust the Father, how much more do you think the devil will try and tempt us if we trust God? I think that didn't happen what you hoped for. Circumstances didn't, didn't turn out the way you asked for. Can you still trust God? Can you still say, you are my God in whom I trust? I depend on you, nothing else. And the reason why we can, with so much confidence, go into this year knowing that God will provide to, for us to endure is because Jesus was willing to trust Him. Jesus was willing to say, Father, I trust you with my life. And Jesus overcame this world and the onslaught of this world, the temptation of the devil. Jesus overcame sin. And we now have the privilege of walking in the victory that Jesus has established for us. And therefore, we may dwell in the shelter of the Most High. Not because of the great things we've done, but because Jesus has made a way for us. So as we enter into 2022, how are you preparing yourself? May this be a year where we dwell in the presence of the Lord. Where we live from the presence of the Lord. And as we do this, may we see God provide into all circumstances. That we'll endure through all circumstances. Where we see how He protects and strengthen us 
but where we also discover His will and His purpose for us as individuals, but also as a church, because He's worthy of it all. And maybe from that they say, I choose. You are my God, my refuge, my strength, in whom I trust. I want us to end this morning by creating a moment to turn to God and say, God, whatever lies ahead for me, my trust is in you. You're my God. And you can do it together with the people that you're visiting or that's here with you as a ch- in the church, or you can do it as an individual. The next moment, don't you just want to take the time to say, God, I want to dwell in your presence. Just think of your life. Think of all the things that you're putting first, all the things that's screaming for your attention, all the things that you're giving time towards. Because time is the one thing that all of us have in equal amount. Every day we have the same amount of time. What are you doing with your time? Just where you are now, in your own words, don't you want to say, God, I choose to trust you. Would you help me? Would you show me what it requires of me? Would you show me where I need to submit my life, where I need to serve you, where I need to worship you, where I need to walk in obedience? But Lord, this morning I'm trusting you. And maybe if there's things that you're facing that's making you anxious, things that you're uncertain about, this is the moment where we spray into that and we say, God, this thing, my health, my finances, my work, my family, my children. I'm laying it down in front of you, Lord, and I say, I trust you, not myself. So, Father, I pray that as we turn to you, as we try to dwell in your presence, I pray that now, by your mercy and your grace, that you would speak to us. That your spirit would move amongst us, Lord, and that you would speak to people as they lay these things down before you. As we put, to, put our trust in you, may you make us aware of your presence, Lord. So just in your own words, it's going to have a couple of minutes. Just pray to God. Just ask Him. Put your trust in Him for this year. Father, as we go into this year, as a church, we declare, Lord, 
We don't want to be dependent on anything else apart from you. Our hope and our trust is in you. Lord, I pray for us as a church that this will be a year where we experience your, you even more, Lord. That we'll grow in our understanding and our, and our personal relationship with you, Lord. I pray that this will be a year where you come and reveal your character and your nature in a more significant way to each one of us, Lord. I pray that this will be a year where we'll be able to live from your presence, Lord. Lord, give us wisdom how to manage our time well, Lord. To make time in your word, time in your prayer, time in spiritual family, and time in corporate worship. Lord, and as we do this, may you come and meet us. May you guide us and lead us into your purpose and your will for our lives. And Lord, as we do this, may you become a personal God, even more than what you are now for each one of us. Lord, may we see your provision. May we experience your grace and your blessing so that we may be a blessing unto others. Lord, may you strengthen us in our time with you, Lord, to live the life that you've called us to. And Lord Jesus, we thank you this morning that you've made a way for us to enter the presence of our Father. Thank you that you were willing to lay down your life and, and trust the Father, the will of the Father, so that we may experience victory in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that we can live with the confidence this year that regardless of what lies ahead, you're with us and you will provide us for us to endure as we continue to seek you. May you continue to strengthen us, continue to make us aware of your presence, Lord. Continue to provide into all our needs, Lord, because our hope and our trust is in you. We pray this and ask this in your wonderful name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.